Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. Okay, welcome to the Deeper Dive. Hey guys, we've been at this for a while. You guys are used to uh, myself, Dave, Jason, and Adam. Well, once again, we decided to beef this thing up. We're going to make it better. So today, for the first time, we have Brooks August. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me. Thanks for Brooks. We're glad you're here, man. So Brooks, what are you going to be doing? I'm campus pastor in Prosser. Okay. Yeah. You're, going to be, you're going to be a valley guy. A Which valley is, guy. That's like a good thing. It's not okay. A, it's not it's a valley not girl. Like exactly. Okay, yeah. It's like, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right. Hey, we're going to start off asking you kind of a, uh, like a serious question, right? Okay. Okay. Just to get to know you a little bit here on the podcast. So Brooks, who have been some of the biggest influences in your life? Biggest influences. I, I like this question. Um, so I was thinking there, there's a couple different ways you could go. So I, I think like people that I know, uh, still living, um, there's one person that immediately, uh, jumps off um, the page for me, and that was uh, he was the, he was actually the pastor that uh, married me and my wife. His name's uh, Steve Mitchells, and he's been doing ministry for a long time, and that's why he's been an influence in my life. Just because he's been the example of what uh, longevity and faithfulness in ministry looks like, um, and it spills over into every relationship. There's no difference between him at church or mm. him and his family. I love that. So if I could embody that, you it's know, like in- integrity, right? Total integrity. integrity is you are who you are, yeah. wherever you go. Yeah. Very good. You know, and then there's some others, of course, you can't, I can't, you can't discount the influence of my dad. Um, uh, obviously a, a dad always imprints on, onto his sons. Um, uh, and then I had a, I have a best friend named Zach who he's my accountability partner. He, he keeps me, keeps me aligned, keeps me straight. I can tell anything to him. It's awesome. You know? But that, is he still is Zach still back in Seattle? No, Zach's he? actually over here. Wait, he, he is Yakima considered the valley? Is he a valley guy? Is Yakima in the valley? Kind of the end of the valley. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll throw him in there. Okay. You cool. can have a buddy in the valley. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's he, he's he's down here, I guess. Uh, so we we get to see each other quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, and then and then there's some some other people. Some I don't know if we, influences of like old dead guys like Charles Spurgeon and yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Martin Luther. I, I love reading their writings and, and yeah, there's their perspective on scripture and ministry and life. Okay. Influence. So I, mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty old school. That's, that's yeah. going back a ways. Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're not around anymore. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. Well, kind of going to, onto our theme of the day. Hey, Adam, give us a 20 second wrap up for a quick summary of your message last week. Yeah, it, John 18, Jesus, really it's the question of Jesus, are, are you the king? And in a roundabout way, he answers, yeah, I am the king. Um, but my kingdom's not of this world. So if you're using worldly categories to, to understand me or know me, you're going to miss me. Um, so Jesus, yeah, he invites us to receive him as king, but also instructs us on what it means to live in that kingdom. And yeah. Okay, that's really good. Well, as the three of us were talking this over, well, I'm sorry, the four of us were talking this over, we really felt like this whole concept of the kingdom was just a perfect thing to do the deeper dive on. So, I mean, the kingdom, once again, is just a huge topic, and it's never like really defined really well in the Bible. And I, I by the way, I do think this is one of those deeper dives we could probably take on for a month and not exhaust mm-hmm. it. It's just beautiful. But let's let's go for it. Hey, let's uh, let's... Let's do a little parlay here. Let's talk it out and see what we can learn from, from one another. So I'll start off with, uh, Jason, what, are, what is a definition of the kingdom? What, what, what is this biblical concept, the kingdom? Yeah. 
Well, Dave, you just said this, but what I what I found interesting in studying leading up to this Sunday is, you know, you said kingdom, like a big idea in, in Scripture. And what I've discovered in studying this topic is that it is actually the number one thing that Jesus talks about in wow. all of his yeah. teaching. It is it is kingdom. So I that was a shock to me. I don't know. I think about the gospel. I think about repent and believe. I think about all the other kind of life-giving statements or truths that he was sharing. And he talked about the kingdom more than anything else. So that's really interesting. I think we're going to talk about how you know, he told stories about the kingdom. He gave analogies of the kingdom, kingdom all over the place. So even as we're reading through the gospels together as a church this fall, it would be interesting, you know, if you're doing that wherever you are in your reading, just start paying attention to where you see kingdom, you know. It's um, almost like, Jason, it's almost like you, you buy a certain car and then all of a sudden your eyes are open, right? You start seeing it like, oh my gosh, there's cars everywhere. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think people are going to see kingdom everywhere. So yeah, it's I think we need to give a definition to it. And as we were talking this out this week, I think just a super simple definition of the kingdom is this. Uh, the kingdom is uh, God's reign through God's people over God's place. God's reign through God's people over God's place. And we can probably flesh you know, each of those pieces out. Mm-hmm. So the whole the whole thing about authority, the authority of the king is a is a pretty big deal. In fact, you know, just you think back how much of the Bible is devoted to the kings, which is interesting. You know, them exercising their authority, either bringing about something good or exercising their authority in an evil way and just bringing about a really crummy society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, just to start there, Dave, what you're talking about, is I, I do think when we talk about the kingdom of God, we have to start with God's reign. Like, um, I, as I'm thinking through this myself, I'm thinking about how God's people bring about God's kingdom. So we talk about kingdom activity or kingdom values, those types of things, but those aren't first. Like, what takes preeminence is the fact that it is his kingdom, and therefore he is the king. And so he needs to take preeminence. When Anytime we have a conversation about the kingdom, we need to start with Christ himself, who mm-hmm. is the king. It's his story, it's his kingdom, and we have to start first with him. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think, too, <clears throat> when I think of kingdom uh, in tech today's day and age, we think of, like, oh, the united kingdom, that comes to mind. or uh, and, and that's um, and if you think about like the, the queen of England or whatnot, uh, she doesn't really have that much uh, authority. She kind of comes off as a figurehead, and that's really not what the kingdom of God is, that, that Jesus is the, the king who rules and reigns, that he does have authority. He does. He's not just, he's not just you know, getting up and giving a speech in front of people. You know, he's actually actively ruling and reigning over his people. Yeah, so Jesus isn't just the mascot yeah, right, right. of the kingdom. He is, in fact, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, Brooks. You know, I used to think of the Lord's Prayer. You know, Jesus taught us to pray, right? And we're to pray for his kingdom, right? Which is a, which is a petition really for his, his way, the, the, king, the, the way in heaven to be done here on earth. The good way, the beautiful way, the spiritual way, the, right, the righteous way to be done here on earth that will change people's lives. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we've kind of hit this one, but so who, we, we've said who rules over the kingdom of God, and that is God himself, more specifically Christ himself is the king, right? So in, does anybody else rule over this kingdom? Like who rules over this kingdom? Uh, it's interesting yeah. because, you know, God is king, 
right? That's what we just said. And he rules over his creation. And yet, look, look around our world, right? So even in the kingdom that is transcendent, that is the kingdom that is to come, but is the kingdom now, you know, we live in a world that's marred by sin and his kingship is resisted by lots and lots of people. And, you know, the peace that he brings, this peace that he wants to have when his kingdom comes into fruition, I think, is absolutely shattered. So I, I would say he reigns, mm-hmm. but like, look around. Like, mm-hmm. it is hard sometimes to make sense of the tension that you see, right, in our world. Yeah. yeah like, in a perfect world, there would be rulers, like human rulers, but they would be submitting to the great king. Mm-hmm. Even in creation, God, the first three days, creates three spaces. And then, the, like, the second half of creation week, he, he fills that with things that inhabit and rule over those spaces, mm-hmm. but it's all happening under the massive kingship and lordship of God. Yeah. And that's that perfect creational order that we've lost in the fall. And so, yeah, you see rulers warring against God and really refusing to submit themselves to God as the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just think of us being his, we're told that we are his ambassadors, yeah. right? We were, we were citizens, citizens of that, of that kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we are to actually help bring about his, his rule. Right. Mm-hmm. Utilizing his authority, you know, uh, part of the reason why we pray in the name of Jesus, right, to carry mm-hmm. these things out. So, Which is cool, too, because, I mean, it's not just that God reigns over, like, his people, like his ambassadors. But, you know, as we're unpacking the kingdom, he actually rules through his people yeah. as well. Back to Adam, what you're talking about, just there's still that, that authority piece, right, that mm-hmm. comes. Yeah, and then comparing it to <clears throat> the kingdoms of this world, uh, it is natural for us to long for a kingdom, right, and a ruler. And um, but the fact that uh, uh, God's kingdom—I didn't talk about this on Sunday—that God's kingdom is different than the kingdoms of this world. That it's otherworldly. That means uh, the people that that we that we as followers of Jesus, ambassadors, get, uh, God wants us to rule with Him and His kingdom. That he wants it. He wants us to do it in a different way than the world standards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's not through um, means of, of human hands, or it's not protected by human means. It's not protected by human weapons. It's it's a spiritual kingdom. It's mm-hmm. as we are engaging in the kingdom, we do it by different means because it's not of this world. It's otherworldly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's <clears throat> you think of the power. Remember when Jesus was casting out demons yeah. and the uh, you know, religious rulers were all up in arms and Jesus said, hey, look, if I cast out demons, then, you know, by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Yeah. So there's a, there's this power that we have access to. So, all right, Brooks, we'll put you on the spot here. How about, how about the when question? Yeah. Like, when does his kingdom come then? This is, I think, one of the most difficult things to understand or kind of get around in scripture is when you see the kingdom language all throughout scripture. And like we said earlier, the more you start thinking about it, the more you will see it from Genesis to revelation. Uh, but getting your mind around, okay, when does this kingdom actually come? And the, you know, the, the words that, that we've used to describe this is the kingdom is inaugurated, but it's not 
culminated yet. Uh, uh, So we are, so the kingdom is here, but it also is not yet here. So it's really hard as believers. We live in this tension a little bit of, Mm -hmm. yeah, we operate in this kingdom. It it resides in our hearts and our spirit because we have been born again into the kingdom. That's what Jesus says. The only way to enter into the kingdom is to be born again. But at the same time, we can't fully witness or see the kingdom around us. Uh, So it's here in our hearts. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. That is 100% true. Uh, But yet we are also waiting for this culmination. And that's where this great hope comes of, yeah, there will be the fulfillment of the kingdom and we will all be uh, in this physical kingdom uh, to come. So that's a, it's a weird tension. It's now, it's here, but it's also not yet. So I got a weird question for you guys. Are you guys listening to Christmas music at your house yet? Thank God, no. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Not yeah. till Thanksgiving. Yeah, man, my family's full blast. Christmas Come on. Music, so, but, so there's a point here. Um, so you guys know the song, song Joy to the World, right? I love it. So the line is, joy to the world, the king is come. And what's interesting, I learned this a couple of years ago, is you know, Joy to the World is not a Christmas song. It is actually talking about the consummation of the right. kingdom. Mm-hmm. Joy to the world, the king is come, which mm-hmm. means you know, we look at it and we sing it at Christmas and say, hey, the king, baby Jesus is here. He has come now. But Brooks, what you're saying is, yeah, for sure, he has come now. And his kingdom, we do have glimpses of it through Christ, through mm-hmm. his people. But the king is come, right, in that in that. Con- I forget the word that you used, the consummation, right, mm-hmm. of that kingdom yep. is come. Uh, yeah, a couple of verses talk about that it's a present reality and yet, would you say, a, a not yet reality, a coming mm-hmm. reality. In Colossians, it tells us that we are, we've been delivered from this kingdom of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of the son he loves. Mm-hmm. So that's already happened, just like you were saying, Brooke, you know, when we, when we, we were born again. And then in Matthew 25, Jesus talks about this inheritance that is coming where he will say, these are beautiful words, man. Come inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Wow. Isn't that something? Mm. Man, that is a great future. That is, that is just something to look forward to. Mm. Well, okay. We've, we're kind of, kind of following kind of a who and what, when, what about, what about a where, where, where is this kingdom found? That's an odd one. I think you find it wherever like human beings are submitting to the king and living by faith yeah. um, as individuals in a community. Like we're exercising the gospel in our life through forgiveness, through empowering each other to live with Christ. The kingdom is, is showing up. Mm. When we're praying, yeah. like the kingdom is, is alive and working you know, and, the, and theologians use this word of, or this phrase of the inbreaking of the kingdom, like where the, mm-hmm. like the kingdom of God, it pierces through like our atmosphere and comes and, and makes itself known in our midst. And I think whenever, yeah, we're living by faith, praying and doing the work of, of Christ in our life, the kingdom is, is very tangible in here, yeah, although cool. it's not yet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you just think about our small groups, Adam. Yeah. You know, you sometimes, we've all been in small groups where all of a sudden it's like, bam, it's like everybody's like, Man, your heart's pounding. You just, something's been revealed to you or, you know, the Lord just delivered somebody from something. It's just, it, it, it is. It's like heaven breaking into earth. Well, there's pockets all over the place, probably in all of our stories of where like God's redemptive reign has broken through in kind of the sinful resistance that we see in the world. Mm-hmm. I know that I've seen that in missions. You know, I've, I've been in places in, in the world where you go in and you're just like, man, it, you, you see like, 
just despair, poverty. I'm going to share a story on Sunday about uh, when I was in uh, Central America and I was there in the slums and just, just you, you see, yeah, yeah, just sin has ravaged this area. And then we hear this singing and you walk into this little pocket of believers in the yeah. midst of this. With joy on their face. With joy in their face, yeah. n- really nothing in their pocket, very little in their <laughs> yeah. belly. Mm-hmm. And you can go into these little pockets in the world and, and it's like, Man, this is the kingdom come. Like this is like pulling back the curtain and just getting this glimpse. Not a perfect glimpse because we're not perfect, yeah. right? But just this glimpse of the kingdom come. And uh, Brooks, I'll put you on the spot here. You know, so you spent a good bit of your growing up years in Nicaragua. Yeah, I'm just wondering, does that resonate with you? Like, have you seen even like in a cross cultural context, like the kingdom of God coming? Yeah, absolutely. I. Th- I uh, I I would I could come up with numerous stories of what you just said too of uh, believers gathering together in the midst of hardship, um, but their hardship in and it's weird too. I would say their hardship and the situation around them actually, in some weird sense, can actually illuminate the kingdom in their eyes um, in a different way than when life is easy or mm-hmm. there's comforts. Um, so some of the most on fire and alive people in the kingdom that I've, I've known have also been people that really don't have much to their name in their life that, or they have gone through hardship or difficulty um, that they could easily turn and blame God, but yet they are turning and Mm -hmm. it's, it's strange. It's, it is, I mean, it is like what we're talking about with this kingdom. It is, it is spiritual. So you almost can't even put your finger on it. It's like, what, how do you have this joy? How do you have this contentment? How do you have, well, yeah, from a biblical standpoint is because they're operating in a different realm. They're operating through a different reality. It's almost like when that happens, it's almost like a a rebuke to us and an encouragement at the same Mm -hmm. time, right? That, you know, we complain about so much. So, Hmm. well, uh, Jason, you talked about, at the very beginning, giving us a definition. You know, you talked about the kingdom being such a prominent theme throughout the entire Bible from old all the way into the New Testament. We've actually quoted a, a verse from Revelation here a little bit ago. Um, but, but one of the books in the in the New Testament really hits the kingdom. It's probably, it's maybe the royal book, mm-hmm. the the book of Matthew. So what are, what are some of the teachings about the kingdom in the book of Matthew? Yeah, I think you're right that it's it's definitely the royal gospel. And maybe the big picture of Matthew is that Jesus is king. The book starts with the king of David being born in the city of Bethlehem, the long-awaited king. And it ends with that king, Jesus, standing on a mountain saying, mm-hmm. literally every ounce of authority in heaven and on earth is now mine. It's in my hands. And he's about to ascend to his throne. So it's this, this big picture of Jesus' kingship. But in between... He's either declaring the kingdom through his teachings or he's demonstrating it through miracles or casting out demons and just inbreakings of the kingdom all throughout Matthew. Yeah, he, I, just, I, although I don't know how many parables there are. Yeah, in Matthew 13, there's, there's a ton. And yeah. I, I was actually reading through that, preparing for this podcast, and it's a great chapter to go read. Um, there are two two parables that I love that talk about the value of the kingdom. It's the... You know, the, the guy who finds the treasure in the field. And then right after that is the, the person who finds the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. And this treasure they find, which stands for the kingdom, is so valuable that they go and sell literally everything they have. Yeah. 
to lay hold of this this treasure. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus is saying, my kingdom is more valuable and more worthwhile than anything you can own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Any job, any possession, any yeah. affiliation you have. So what like what's holding you back from yeah. laying claim to it? And, the, and there's no regrets when you do that too. Yeah. Like you're laying hold of like the most important thing there is. Yeah, I think that would be a good uh, um you know, homework lesson or personal study lesson. If anybody wants to take the next step here, hey, yeah, I mean, just just read through Matthew thirteen. Get a journal out, and every time when Jesus pick out those passages where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, and just write down the characteristics of it. Yeah, like what what is he talking about here? Just just all the characteristics. What what do you see? Um, that would give you a good picture of what the kingdom of God is. Well. I'll- I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you were talking earlier about the already not yet of the kingdom. Jesus talks about the kingdom being a mustard seed, like mm-hmm. the smallest of seeds. And I, also yeah, I love like that yeast. parable. So when you look at it, it's really, there's not a lot to see. Yeah. But what happens when that seed goes in the ground is you have this huge tree where birds find rest. The yeast goes into a loaf, into a lot of flour, way bigger than the yeast, and creates this giant loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is a little deceiving, not in a bad way, but you look at it, you're like, well, is it really that great? Yeah. But what Jesus is doing is is huge and mm-hmm. it grows and it's that, powerful. I mean, that is so encouraging, Adam. So, all right, then, all right. If some, you know, people listening to this to the, the thousands of people all over earth listening to this <laughs> podcast, like, so how, how do believers today live in the kingdom today, mm-hmm. wherever you live, urban, rural, whatever it is, how, how do we do that? Well, it's in, so Adam, you said, man, that's such a great picture. I appreciate you bringing that up of the mustard seed because it's interesting because when the kingdom comes into your own life, doesn't it start out like that? Or at least it seems yeah. insignificant. You know, you, you, you place your faith and trust in Christ, uh, for, for, yeah, just different people and different testimonies. It breaks through in different ways, but it starts as that, that small seed of faith. And then it just, it, it grows into this tree and thinking about where the kingdom is. I mean, the kingdom is breaking into our lives. Like it is, the kingdom is comprehensive. It wants to consume all of our lives. And it's interesting, Adam, when you're talking about that parable, like I I think sometimes we value things more in in this world. We've, we, we put a higher value on our disobedience or our sin over that kingdom. And man, we need to value those, that, that comprehensive kingdom breaking into our own lives. So I, I would say in our lives, and it's a, I mean, that's what discipleship is, right? It is expanding. It's bringing every area of our life. Like the yeast, the, right? The, like yeast the yeast that goes out into the exactly. bread. Exactly. Uh, into, yeah, just under the, under the kingship of Christ and having his kingdom come in our lives. Even the gospel is, I mean, it's the proclamation of a crucified king. So even like the world looks at it and they're like, what are you doing yeah. submitting your life to this, yeah. this king who lost? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it's through death that resurrection comes in new life. So it's like we, yeah, when we submit ourselves to Jesus in the gospel, he's doing, he's doing an enormous work in us and for us that the world looks at and says, yeah, that's, that's pure foolishness. So I would say as we, as Christians go out, you know, it takes, this takes faith because it's not something you readily see, right? It's not like you look at the Taj Mahal or, you know, even Bethel Church in Richland or big building or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in faith, you know, we go out into dark places, maybe our workplace, maybe you've just got a really bad boss or whatever. You know, you get a toxic work environment. But if you go in in faith and you're like, look, I'm an ambassador for the king. It doesn't matter that I'm out in two east, out in the area, wherever it happens to be. I recognize him. I recognize his power. So going back to your definition, you know, we recognize, Jason, you know, uh, recognizing what does Jesus want to bring through me as a person? 
into this place mm. that I happen to be at. But it takes faith, right? Other than just being overwhelmed by the immediate, it's like, look, Lord, Lord I'm lifting up my eyes. I'm lifting up my eyes to see what you want to do in this place. Mm. I mean, and that's a summary, Dave, I think, is the whole story of the Bible is God taking his good creation and transforming it into his glorious kingdom. And we get to be a part of that. It starts with yeah. him, but it can, it continues through us. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, Hey, I, once again, I just like, we're just getting fired up here, man. This is, this is great. This is beautiful. <laughs> it's a good topic. So, yeah. We could go on for own? a while. So, all right, let's, uh, let's wrap this up by bouncing back to you, Brooks. Okay. So yeah. you've been here now for a whopping five days, I think five days. Yeah. Awesome. So what are your initial observations of Bethel church? Man, my initial observations, uh, well, I, 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 let me tell you, I've been um, blown away with with Bethel. Uh, I I knew one thing coming in, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that I was accurate in my assessment. That man, Bethel Church loves Scripture. This community is is amazing when it comes to engaging Scripture and the authority of Scripture and putting themselves under the authority of Scripture. I I love it, and if if I someone said, Hey, you can never have too much scripture in your sermons. That's a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a great place to be yeah. if we are saturating ourselves in scripture. So that was, that's the first thing that jumps off the page to me about Bethel is just you guys' love for scripture is amazing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is, is awesome to experience is just the community that Bethel has. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you are in Bethel church, when you're part of this, this family, you really are family. Um, it didn't has not taken long for uh, people to welcome us with open arms, wanting to get to know me, wanting to get to know my wife, and helping us get settled. And I can just tell that that is a, a hallmark of Bethel. It's the community that uh, exists in this place. And when you're when you're here, when you walk through these doors, if you enter into this this church, you, yeah, you, you're you're part of community. You're loved. You're, you're part of family. I, so, yeah, I, I I'm I'm blown away. This, this is a great place to be. That's great. That's really encouraging. So, man, we're, we're just glad you're here. Glad your wife's here. Glad your little baby's here. So yeah. speaking of encouraging, man, this is awesome today. Just the whole, man, the kingdom is just what a great topic. Thanks, everybody, for just jumping in. All right. We'll see you next week on The Deeper Dive. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.